All right, good morning, good morning. Thank you for tuning in online with us at New Life Church of Mobile. Now, we had an exciting morning today, and we're glad you guys are with us today as you tune in with us uh, this Sunday morning. And uh, we're in week six of our sermon series entitled uh, New Life. Y'all say New Life. This is week six of New Life, and I'm excited about the word today. Uh, today, oh, before we get started, all the notes, download the app. You can follow along with the, uh, the app. All the notes are there. You could go back and listen to all the messages from this series, previous series. All that is there for you to download. You can go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, and you just search New Life Church of Mobile, and you'll see the app there with our logo. Download that, and you can follow along. And uh, week six of New Life, and I'm excited, like I said, about this message today. Let's just go up, just go up to the Lord in prayer, and we'll get started. Amen? Holy Spirit, thank you for today. Thank you for your presence that we feel so strongly in this room. I thank you for these next few moments that we have the opportunity just to focus in on you, to forget about the cares and the stress and the worries of the world, but just to come in and to surrender that all at your feet to hear a word specifically for us. Say, Holy Spirit, speak directly to my heart today. Speak clearly to me today. Say, neighbor, do not distract me today because the Lord has a word for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Week six of uh, new li- the series uh, New Life. And today we're going to talk about the subject got friends, got friends. But today is not a message to bash friends. I know all the time you hear a message about friends, you hear usually it's bashing friends. Oh, your friends no good, you should get, that's not what this message is about. I'm not talking about bashing friends this morning, but I would, would pray is that after hearing this message that you would evaluate your friends and say, do I really have friends? Now, that is what I would consider, but I'm not going to bash friends because the truth is you can let in and out of, in your life who you want. That's your choice. But I would pray that you would be careful in who you allow that you would call your friends. And, you know, some people say that, hey, I don't need friends. I'm strong. I, I got this all by myself. Well, that may well be fine and good, but there will become a season of life where you're going to need some friends. And you can only be a loner for so long. And then you'll be crying in your room at night or in your car on the way home. Boy, I sure wish I had someone to talk to what I'm going through. And then you'll be like, I wish I had some what? Some friends. So today, I pray that this message would encourage you to evaluate your friends. And if you say, man, after listening to this, I'm on the right track. Well, praise God. Keep it going. But if not, I pray that this will encourage you. Uh to find the right friends. Amen. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. It says, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Now, we don't have to go down memory lane, but how many of y'all thought y'all had some friends, but they ended up sabotaging you or betraying you or lying on you? Or whatever the case may be, you say, oh, that used to be my friend, and they bring up their name, and your face turn up. Hmm, what you talking about them for? No, we're talking about friends that when you talk about your friends, your face should light up. You should say, oh, that's my friend. 
Oh, I'm proud to call that person my friend. And today we're going to look at the story from Luke chapter 10. This is the whole message is from Luke chapter 10. And, you know, maybe it has. I just hadn't heard it talked about friends before. But usually it's referred to the man with the healing that takes place. But I want to look at it from the standpoint of your friends. And Luke chapter 5, verse 17, we'll read verse 17 through 25. And once I read the story, y'all going to know exactly what I'm talking about. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man. Some men, that's key. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, What do you think who do you think you who do you who does he think he is? Sorry. That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Now, we just read about a miracle. That is an awesome miracle. And there's so many things in those short few verses that we read that you could preach a sermon on. The one that always stands out to me when I read that, it says that healing power was strongly with Jesus. Healing power was strongly with Jesus. But how many people did we read in that passage about getting saved? I mean, getting healed? One. It's only one person. So the room is slam packed so much so that you can't even get in the door. And healing power was strongly or greatly with Jesus. And you mean to tell me until that man showed up, nobody was healed? But that's not what we're talking about today. That's another message within itself. But what we're talking about is it said some men came carrying a paralyzed man. Praise God for some men. Because some men decided, you know what, friend, paralyzed man, there's a man that can heal you. And guess what? We're about to go see him. So I want to give you three things that you need to know about friends. And these are three questions you can ask yourself about your friends to take evaluation. The first thing is this. Will, and you can write this down. And if you're not writing it down, write it down. Will your friend's faith carry you to Jesus? Will your friend's faith carry you to Jesus? It says some men carried a paralyzed man. Some men carried a paralyzed man. To me, immediately this stands out as this. Their friend said, our faith says, you need to go see Jesus. You're paralyzed. We know he can heal you. 
Let's go see him. So how are we going to get you there? We're going to carry you. Their faith said, we're going to carry you to Jesus. When you're walking through difficult times, do your friends carry you to Jesus? Or where do they carry you to? Do they carry you to a night out on the town to take your troubles away? A trip out of town? Or advice that leads to more destruction and confusion? Because, you know, your friends will carry you somewhere. You know, you tell your friends about what you're going through. Oh, you know what? It just sounds like we just need to go out. for. Or, we need to go out. We need to have us some fun. Okay, but what, what, when, when the fun is over, then what? Now you got a hangover, you're tired, and you still got your troubles. And now you got more troubles because you just, why did I do that? I knew I shouldn't have went. Where are your friends carrying you to? Are their faith carrying you to Jesus? These, some men said, we're going to carry you to Jesus. And not just carried them to Jesus, they carried him by faith. It was their faith that carried them to Jesus. These men uh, knew that Jesus was in the area, and they said that, hey, there is a man named Jesus. I don't know if you heard of him or not, but we know of the miracles that have been going on, the, the, the teachings that he's been teaching, and the crowds that have been following you. And we are 100% sure by faith that if we can get you to this man, he can heal you. So who are your friends' faith carrying you to? Where, where are they carrying you to? Your friends should always carry you to Jesus. They may let you vent and let out all your frustrations, but it should always lead you back to Jesus. You know, sometimes you do need to just, I just need to, let me just, to your friends, let, let me just tell you what's going on in my mind. Let me just tell you what's going on in my heart. And you can vent and let it, let it all out. But in the end, you know what should come up? Faith. I understand everything you're going through. Let's bring it to the Lord. Let me carry you back to the Lord. Now that you've expressed how you felt and how you feel, let me carry you by faith back to the Lord. And we're going to go to him in prayer. We're going to go to him in faith to turn the situation around. Not, okay, you vented and frustrated. Now let me vent and frustrate you too. So now we're two frustrated people. And now we don't know what to do. We hopelessly confused, and you know what? We now we need to go out again and get another drink. No, that, that's not it. Our faith needs to carry you to Jesus. Your friend's faith needs to carry you to Jesus. That's the first thing. Second thing, in the midst of a hopeless situation, will your friends still help you get to Jesus? In the midst of a hopeless situation, Will your friend's faith still help you get to Jesus? Because notice, their faith said, we're going to carry you to Jesus. But when they got there, they ran into an obstacle. It says the rooms were so crowded, you couldn't get in the doorway. So, uh, so some people might say, well, we tried. We, well, well, we got you this far. This is about all we could do. You know, it's in the Lord's hands now. You've done all you can do. We just go. It's in the Lord's hands now. We just going to let go and let God. No, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. Letting go and letting God. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. That is not faith. That's discouragement. That's fear. That's I'm tired of fighting. I want to give up. That's what that is. But they said, no, okay, so we can't get through the doorways. We can't even get through the windows. But I guess, guess what? They got a roof. 
I know we can lower you down through the roof. And they might not have even known who these people were. Could you imagine the homeowner just sitting there in the presence of Jesus, and all of a sudden you hear, what in the world is going on? The commotion that's going on. We talk about Jesus is preaching, teaching. It says great healing power is with him. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all that, you got the teachers of the Pharisees sitting there like this here. Hmm, who does he think he is? And, and they were afraid of the, the Pharisees of that time. But them, don't, some men said, we don't care. Our faith got us here. Now it seems like a real hopeless situation. But guess what? Our faith is not going to stop until we still get you to Jesus, even in the midst of a hopeless situation. So what did they do? They cut a hole in the roof. We read it. We'll read it again if you forgot. In verse 19, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, not just in the room, right in front of Jesus. Right in front of Jesus. So they didn't say, we just going to make a room so we can make our way through the crowd. No, they said, we going to drop you right in front of Jesus. I know he sees the commotion that's going on, but our faith says we're going to bring you right in front of him. So even in the midst of hopeless situations that you walk through, can your friend's faith still get you to Jesus? Or will their faith say, well, we've done all we could do. I know you've been praying. You've been seeking the Lord, but it's in his hands now. That's not faith. Get away from me with that. Don't, 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 don't come talking to me like that. You may want to be discouraged, but I'm not discouraged. I'm full of faith. Even in the midst of a hopeless situation, I don't need to know how he's going to do it. I just know that he's going to do it. And I want to surround myself with friends that say, it doesn't matter what it looked like on the outside. Faith is not seeing. You know, some people say, oh, I believe it when I see it. No, I'm going to believe before I see it. That's faith. His friend said, I know that if we could get you to Jesus, he's going to heal you. So before he heals you, we got to get you to him. Even in the midst of a hopeless situation. So his friend said, hole in the roof. That's what's going to have to happen to get you there. That's the way we're going to get you there. And they cut the hole in the roof, removed some tiles in some other man's house to get him to Jesus. But that's what their faith was like. It says, we'll worry about all this later. We know that this man needs a miracle. And our faith is not going to stop until we see it come to pass. Amen? And that's exactly what he did. Despite the hopeless situation, we're not going to give up. My faith, are your friend's faith going to help you get to Jesus in the midst of a hopeless situation? Or are your friend's faith going to help you turn to Jack Daniels? Or the best they could do is, well, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, okay, well, that ain't helping me right now. I need some words of faith. I need some encouragement. But are your friends, will they help you get to Jesus in a hopeless situation? Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend is always loyal, and the brother is born in time, of, uh, in time of need. In your greatest time of need, will your friends help you get to Jesus? Think about it. In your greatest time of need, who were the people that helped you get to Jesus? And if you say, well, I can't think of people to help me get to Jesus, you may want to reevaluate your friends. 
Like I said, I'm not here to bash your friends. I'm just here to ask you, can your friend's faith get you to Jesus even in the midst of a hopeless situation? What do your friends have to offer you? Because, again, you decide who you call your friends. I'm going to surround myself with some people that says in a hopeless situation where some people may call my situation hopeless, I'm going to surround myself with some people of faith. That's going to encourage me and strengthen me. So I say, brother, I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what it looks like. We're going to go to God in faith, and we're going to see this thing turned around. Will your friend's faith help you get to Jesus in the midst of a hopeless situation? The third and final thing, does Jesus see your faith in you and your friends? Does Jesus see your faith and your friend's faith when he sees you? Because if we go back, to verse 19, it says, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd, so they went up to the roof and took some tiles off. Then they lowered the sick man on, the mat down, on, on his mat down in the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Jesus said, seeing their faith. So it was obvious that they had faith because if it wasn't, Jesus wouldn't have said, I can see your faith. So amongst all the people in the room, Jesus pointed them out and said, I see your faith. And because I see your faith, he didn't say you're healed. He said, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Now, praise God for healing, but your sins being forgiven, that's eternal. That's eternal. Yes, we need physical healings, and I'm all here for it. I need one myself. But praise God, my sins are forgiven. And Jesus looked at that man and said, your faith, I see your faith. And because I see your faith, your sins are forgiven. And we know what happened later on. He said, what is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And then he said, get up and walk. And what did he do? He got up and walked. So not only was his sins forgiven, but he was healed as well. Because Jesus, the two are not, there's no difference. Healing and forgiveness is one and the same. So you can't come to Jesus and say, well, I have faith for salvation, but not faith for healing. For Jesus, he said, it's the same. So if you say, well, I have faith for salvation, but not faith for healing, then you need to get your faith up. Because for Jesus, it's the same thing. He says, which one is easier? And he proved to him that it's the same. But the point is, can Jesus see your faith? When you and your friends are together, can he see your faith? Or does he say, what in the world are they doing? Why or where, why are they in the places that they are? They're supposed to be men and women of faith, but they're not acting like it right now. I can't see their faith. But when you get with your friends, do your faith get ignited? Or do you leave drained? Ooh, I couldn't wait to get out of here. I need to go home and relax now because this was supposed to be a night of fun. This was nothing but drama. This is supposed to be a night of fun, and I didn't have no fun. I was just ready to go home and get in my bed. That doesn't sound like some encouragement for, encouraging friends. But can Jesus see you and your friend's faith when you're together? You know, I remember when I first got saved, I knew I needed new friends because I knew the friends that I had in the past. And I knew their faith was not in a place where they were ready to pursue Jesus for real. So I said, I need to get around some people that I know whose faith is pure 
and that is for real. They really walking this thing out. And so if you might say, and I meant to say this in the beginning, and it just came to me, so I'm coming back to it now. So you say, well, how do I find friends like that? The one thing that I did, and there's many ways you can find friends, but what I did was this, is like, I looked for guys that I knew pursuit of the Lord was the same or greater than mine. That I could see, oh, they're serious about their pursuit of the Lord. And when I had conversations with them, I could tell it wasn't superficial. Because you could talk to people, and they could say things about God, but you could tell, this, that's, they're not sincere. They're just trying to say the right thing to make themselves look good. But when you talk to someone that has faith, true faith, it's easy to see. It's easy to see. Oh, they have faith. Just like Jesus said, I see your faith. And so I said, not only do I want to find guys that are consistent in their pursuit of Jesus, I want to see guys that are consistent in their attendance. That every time I'm in church, I see them too. Every time something is going on, I see them around. Not that, man, I saw him two weeks ago, but I hadn't seen him in about a month. It's like, I know, nothing wrong with him. But the pursuit I'm on and the journey I'm on, I need some brothers that's going to be with me that can encourage me and strengthen me. And And I ended up finding about eight guys over the course of time that I said, these are my friends. Until this day, we have a text thread because everybody lives in different states now. And we still stick together. We still encourage each other. We still pray for one another and each other's families. And what is that? We need friends that when we get together and we talk, our faith is obvious to be seen. Because when I'm with them, I know my faith is going to be encouraged, and I know their faith is going to be encouraged as well. So when you're with your friends, can Jesus see your friends and your faith? Can he see their faith? Can he see your faith? Uh, Thessalonians chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you already, just as you are already doing. If you're already doing this, great job or great job. If you're doing that, great job. If you say, well, I don't have any friends like that, pray to God that he will show you so. This room is a great place to start. And I want to encourage you, get you some friends that faith can carry you to Jesus. Amen? Amen. And, you know, I love God because you know how you can always, well, I'm just, I'm not going to say you. I'm going to say, I'm going to speak for myself. I can always feel like, you know, God, I know what I'm going to talk about on Sunday. This was last week. I was like, I'm going to talk about friends. And the Lord was like, go ahead, talk about friends. And I'm preparing for the message, and I got my message ready. It was finished on, like, Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. And this, yesterday, tomorrow and I had just finished praying in the sanctuary. And I look outside, and I see a car pull up. And I'm like, well, I don't notice that car. I was like, well, that just must be someone just in the parking lot, just on the phone, or because it just started raining. It's like, maybe they just pulled over or whatever. And so, me and tomorrow, we started doing a little work or whatever, and I noticed the car's still there. And then Miss Shanavia was here at the time as well. And then so I see Miss Shanavia and a man walking up from the back door to the front of the sanctuary. And I'm like, who in the world is that? 
And I was like, obviously, it must be somebody because she let them in. And so, lo and behold, it was one of the men that I admired the most, one of the men I admired the most in my life, a man that's so full of faith that when you get around him, like I said, you, could, you feel like you could go bear hunting with a switch. Like he is so on fire and passionate about God, you can't help be encouraged when you see him. And when tomorrow and I saw him walk through the door, I said, what you doing here? I said, you just coming through town? No. He was like, I, it was like, I just wanted to come look at you in the face and just encourage you. Because I know you seeing my face would encourage you. And so he drove two and a half hours from Baton Rouge just to come sit in the sanctuary with me. And we just sat in here and talked for hours. And then when it was over with, we prayed. And he got up and he drove back to Baton Rouge. And at the end, God said, you thought you were talking about friends. You came up with that idea. I just wanted to show you why you need to preach on what you're talking about. God had already had that orchestrated. And when you're sensitive to the voice of God, he'll always give you reminders. You're not in control anyway. I am. So here I am thinking, oh, I'm going to encourage them about friends. And God said, no, I'm going to show you that I'm with you. And I'm going to encourage you. But my point of all this is this. When I made a decision to follow God, I say I need to surround myself with people who are in faith. And then in that brief encounter that we had yesterday, his faith carried me to Jesus. In the midst of my hopeless situation, his faith still carried me to Jesus. And when me and him were together, Jesus could look down and say, I see their faith. Do you have friends like that? I'm not trying to bash your friends. I'm not trying to say you have terrible friends. I'm just saying, do you have friends like that that can carry you to Jesus? In a hopeless situation, can their faith still get you to Jesus? And when you're with them, can Jesus see y'all's faith? Let's pray. Lord, in this moment, we thank you. Thank you for your word. And I just want you to take just a moment and just ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to me through this message? What do you have to say to me, to me through this message? Lord, I thank you. You're speaking clearly to our hearts this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we're taking evaluation of our friends. I thank you for those that have friends that their faith carries us to you in a hopeless situation, that we still get to you. And when we're together, our faith is seen. But I pray for those that say, you know what, I don't have friends like that. And I bind the enemy that will try to come in with any type of discouragement right now. But I pray right now, Lord God, that you would give us those friends, that you would knit our hearts together. Lord, that we would know without a shadow of a doubt 
when I'm in a desperate time of need, I know I have someone that I can call upon. And for those that don't, I pray that you would send them, them those friends right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's no, nothing too difficult to you, for you. There's nothing too hard for you, even friends. Lord, you designed us to be in community. You designed us to be in relationship. And I pray that our relationships, our friendships, Lord God, that they're thriving, that they're flourishing, that they're strong, Lord God, and that they're faith-filled relationships. And I thank you for it this morning in Jesus' name. You can keep your head uh, bowed and your eyes closed. And I just want to give one final invitation. That's for anyone in here today that says, I'm away from God. You know, Jesus spoke to the man before he healed him. He said, I see your faith and your sins are forgiven. Greater than anything that you can receive from Jesus on this earth, the most important thing that you need to receive from him is forgiveness of sin. So if you're in this room today, maybe you're watching online and you say, Jesus, I need my sins to be forgiven. I want to pray a prayer with you. With no one looking around, maybe you're watching online or listening to this later on, and you need to come into right relationship with Jesus, I want to pray with you. So with no one looking around, just lift your hands. If you want to come into right relationship with God, just lift your hands across the room, and I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Max, everyone, just to place their hand over their heart, just repeat this after me. Father God, I come to you in this moment and I repent of all of my sin. I lay down my life. I surrender it to you. And in this moment, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy and I receive your grace. And I pray that you give me the strength to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. And if you prayed that prayer, that is the greatest prayer, the greatest moment that you ever have on this side of earth when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the back, uh, it says, I made a decision. You can fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket. We'd love to connect with you for prayer throughout the week. And if you are online and made that prayer, just let us know in the comment section. We'd love to connect with you as well, reach out to you as well. Let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ this morning. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, we have a few announcements for you guys online before we dismiss. Uh, the first thing is uh, we're going to pray for you in a second. For those that are prepared to give, we have our Build a New Life campaign. Uh, which you could give uh, towards that above the tithe. Uh, we'd love for you to connect with us on some projects that we have going on at the church. Uh, and we have what we called Think 10 to Win, which is think of increments of 10. Uh, $10 a week. You can give more than that if you would like or whatever the case may be. But just ask the Lord what he would have you to do to give towards that. Also, we have prayer this Wednesday, uh, September 20th at 630. We'd love for you to come out. Uh, to prayer. We have a great time. It's one hour prayer this Wednesday at 6.30. Also, we have a serve day coming up this Saturday uh, in church. It's an in-house serve day uh, from 10.30 to 12.30 and we'll have lunch provided 
for you guys after that as well. But thank you so much for tuning in with us. We're going to pray for those that are prepared to give. Then you guys are dismissed online. Lord, I thank you for those prepared to give. I thank you, Lord God, that you meet all of their needs. I thank you, Lord God, that you whip them with all that they do. I pray that you use the finances, Lord God, that are coming in for the advancement of the kingdom. Let there be no lack in their homes. Meet all of their needs. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this morning. And have a great rest of the day. We love you guys. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you guys can stand to your feet. We're going to pray a prayer of blessing over you guys. And then if you 